listening to All the Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm your host, Kelly Jensen. This is September 9th, 2022, and today I'm going to talk about two delightfully delicious vampire titles, both of which are short story collections, to get you in the mood for all things fall and for the season of all things horror. Today's episode is brought to you by Steve Aoki's Hero Quest at your local bookstore or online at HeroQuest.com and catch Steve live on the Heavenly Hell Tour. Hero Quest is the graphic novel that is the story of a genetically augmented metahuman named Hero who travels into the multiverse 400 years into the future to save Earth from a disaster it cannot avoid. It has everything from mutants to robots to zombies to aliens, witches, and more. It's a quest for 10 rings of tremendous power from 10 different worlds that will be needed to save our world from certain disaster. It's an epic journey that will require the hero named Hiro to be cursed to save the lives of billions on Earth. It's a story of heroism, wonder, betrayal, and finally, revelation. This is the hero's journey. This is Hiro's quest. So the story was imagined by the mind of Steve Aoki and written by New York Times bestselling author Jim Kruger and Steve Aoki. So make sure to check it out. And this episode comes thanks again to Steve Aoki's Hero Quest at your local bookstore or online at HeroQuest.com and catch Steve live on the Heavenly Hell Tour. First up. A Small Charred Face by Kazuki Sakuraba, translated by Jocelyn Allen. So if you're looking for something a little bit different, then you're in a treat with this Asian vampire collection. It is a quiet read and plays around with different ways of seeing and understanding the creatures, as well as a really unique look at magic, uh, what it is to be othered, and what it is to find, make, and build a family. A Small Charred Face is three loosely interconnected short stories about the bamboo, which are vampires from the mountains of China who thrive on human blood and on bamboo. They have been subject to asylum, as many have had to flee their homeland due to the fear of people who want them killed and who are working toward killing them. The bamboo ultimately choose to settle in Japan, and thus begins the first story in the collection of a bamboo who chooses to rescue a small boy once that boy's family has been killed. The two of them develop a really powerful friendship, despite the fact that a bamboo housing and caring for a human is against all bamboo law and could result in a huge penalty. And the fact that bamboo also drink human blood is a little bit of a tricky situation in this case. Bamboo also live really long lives of over 100 years closer to about 120 years and when the boy is rescued he knows that he's been saved by an older bamboo and throughout the story the boy sees him through the end of his life the story is actually quite funny there's really sweet humor here and I found it kind of reminiscent of what we do in the shadows the the film and uh it's also this really sweet story of found family And what happens when one decides to buck the law or tradition in the name of creating a powerful relationship? This story sets the stage to give some of the history of the bamboo, and it offers us the character Kaya, who will appear in the second story. So the second story in the collection is about a teenage bamboo who was formerly a human, but who was accidentally turned into a bamboo when the mob hired monsters to murder her family. And she comes out of this quite different. So 
in this story, Kaio makes an appearance, and he's a high schooler in this st- story. So we get the opportunity to experience a whole different side of the bamboo here. Both the female bamboo and Kaio become linked deeply with one another through some of their hijinks and the more serious connection they develop. So in this story, they uh, engage in some hijinks by tricking humans and sort of just like playing pranks on humans in a way that they they build this bond and this connection that is really serious and deep and this really thoughtful look at relationships, but it's also kind of funny. And that second story then leads us to the third and final story, which goes back in time and we get a history of how the bamboo ended up in Japan in the final story. So we learn about when the bamboo bamboo originally lived in China and how it is two royal vampires who were teenagers helped save their entire species through this migration to Japan. It's a really neat collection of stories and it's so interesting to see such a different take on vampires. It's also really rare to see books in translation in YA, let alone YA horror in translation, but this book is exactly that. Um, And it will appeal to readers who like quieter stories, as well as readers who are looking for a more contemplative look at vampires, their mythology, and what they represent as other. It's told out of order. So there's some reader patience that's involved to kind of put all the pieces together of this vampire lore and mythology and their history and how they came to Japan from China. But This is something I know that could in and of itself be appealing to so many readers that need to kind of take it slowly and peel the onion back and understand how it's all intertwined. So if you're looking for a different take on vampires, you will want to pick up A Small Charred Face by Kazuki Sakuraba, translated by Jocelyn Allen. And then my second pick I wanted to talk about today is... Vampires Never Get Old, edited by Zoraida Cordova and Natalie C. Parker. So I'm going to start by saying, as somebody who has edited three anthologies and also reads a lot of anthologies, I can say without hyperbole that this one is pretty dang masterful in not only its structure, but also its format, the array of stories, and the arrangement of stories in the collection. Cordova and Parker made something really magical and ferocious and fun in this collection. I flew through it. I'm not a huge vampire story reader, despite talking about vampire stories here, but this one, I just, I loved every story in it, and I thought that each story stands alone, but also they're so thoughtfully arranged is that they build upon each other and just create this whole collection of possibility about what a vampire story can be. Um, Obviously, each story stands alone, as I mentioned before, but one of the things that the editors do is after each story, they have a short note about the vampire mythology from which the story was inspired. And it's a nice way to get both the story as it stands, plus some insight from the editors and some insight as to why this story belongs in the collection. Some of the favorites in here for me included First Bite by Victoria Schwab, which was optioned by Netflix. And... It is available to stream now as a series, but it's worth noting because this is a queer story and a story by and about girls. It only got a single season before it was canceled. So 
enjoy it, but you won't know you won't get more of the adaptation here. The story follows a girl who is falling for another girl. One is a vampire and the other is a slayer. And, you know, things get a little bit complicated there. It plays really, really well, in particular with the tension of romance against that of instinct and, and what drives a person. And in this case, you know, what drives a vampire, what drives a slayer. It's just really good if you like that kind of tension. A couple other stories that really stood out to me as a reader were The Boys from Blood River by Rebecca Roanhorse and In Kind by Kayla Whaley. Uh, they landed really well with me. So Roanhorse's story is about atmosphere. And so if you like atmospheric horror, hers is going to stand out to you as well. It follows a queer boy named Lucas who lives in a small town. And he's grown up with this legend of the Blood River Boys. They can apparently be summoned through a song and I kind of see that as the way the story of Bloody Mary works, where you have this incantation. If you say it at the right time, in the right place, you can summon Bloody Mary. But in this case, it is the Blood River Boys. And Lucas is determined to find out if this is true or not. So that's what the story follows. And then Kayla Whaley's story is a really great revenge story about a girl named Grace who is disabled and... She's killed by her father, and not only is she killed by her father because she's disabled, but he is celebrated for this. Unfortunately for her father, before she dies, Grace is turned vampire by somebody, and she now has a chance to confront her father and demand answers for his actions. Other contributors in this collection are Julie Murphy, who writes a vampire cheerleading story, there's a STEM-themed story with a trans lead from Heidi Healing, and a really cool Gatsby-esque retelling about black vampires in New Orleans by Danielle Clayton. Uh, there's a whole bunch more, but those are some other ones that kind of stood out to me as a reader and kind of gives an idea of just how wide-ranging this collection is. Whether you like your vampires dark or cold or you like them hot or funny, this anthology has something for you. It takes what a good collection of short stories does. Uh, it has stories that will work for every reader, or work for many readers, rather, and some which won't. I think a lot of readers, when they come into an anthology, believe that every single story should land with them. But the reality is a good anthology has stuff that will not land for a single reader. So you want an anthology that's going to have, for you, stuff that like stands out. And some stuff that you're like, eh, it was okay, wasn't really my jam, because that shows just how wide-ranging a collection is and how many different types of audiences will find something in it to enjoy. This one does that. Go for the ride in this one and stay for the stories that sink their teeth into you. I had to put that line in there, and if you got to this part of the podcast and you're like, geez, Kelly, thank you for saying that, you're welcome. I wanted to also briefly mention The Moth Diaries by Rachel Klein. I'm not going to talk about this one in depth because there's a great episode of Hey YA Extra Credit where Samantha Mabry and I sat down and did a book club discussion of this one, but it's another great and thoughtful vampire story that has dark academia vibes and is one of those like the author only ever wrote one book and this is kind of a, a cult classic if you will a newer cult classic so um, I recommend picking that one up and kind of 
going in either with just knowing that or listen to that backlist episode, which I'll link in the show notes that may give you some more insight into why that particular story fits in our little vampire theme here. Thank you so much to our sponsor today. Thank you also to our editor, Jen Zink, and thank you for listening. For more recs or general bookishness, you could check out bookriot.com. And of course, don't forget to check out our full stable podcast at bookriot.com slash listen, or just search Book Riot in your podcast player of choice. You can find a list of books I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com slash all the books. And remember, if you're a fan of all the books and all the backlists and you want to show us some love, please leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We really do appreciate your review, and they help other book lovers find us. If you want to find me personally, I am on Twitter at Veronica Kelly Mars, and I hope you have a good time reading. I hope you find something here you like. I hope you're able to just peruse a short story or two um, in either one of these collections. And until later, happy reading. Happy reading.